The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, one of the most important reasons we become seekers of higher spiritual wisdom is that we're seeking healing for ourselves and or for those we love. While there's techniques for healing, including your garden variety allopathic care, those that heal the whole person rather than just an organ or an attitude are the ones that offer the greatest level of spiritual growth and potential for awakening. But the big question is, how do we heal? Well, you know, we can say in a general view that we heal by working with the entire body, mind, spirit continuing. But that can't be done when we're focusing only on one end of that spectrum. So we're going to look some more today at how to answer that question. How do we heal? This is a very important life-giving and perhaps even life-saving question. So stay here for this today. So healing. First of all, what we need to understand about healing is that Uh, We believe that we are sick or something's wrong with us. Therefore, we believe that in order for us to get healing, we must, uh, for us to feel better or get better, we have to have some healing experience. Um, Now, I'm not going to tell you that you're not really sick. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you it's all in your head. So uh, don't wait for that. It's not going to happen. I'm not either going to tell you that you've attracted this sickness because you haven't been paying enough to attention to positive thinking. I'm not going to tell you that you uh, are, this sickness came to you or this illness or this problem came to you because you deserved it. I'm not going to say any of those things. So let's just throw those aside for a while so we can talk about what might be closer to truth. Um, and what's closer to truth is that healing is a powerful Um, divine energy that isn't necessarily spontaneous. We think in terms of, well, if it's divine energy, it must be spontaneous. Um, It's not necessarily spontaneous. It can happen over a lengthy period of time, Um, but it it is a process. And and whether that process happens spontaneously and in the right now or whether it happens over a lengthy period of time, it is a process. And the process of one of us Becoming more aware of life itself, the life energy, which I, I call divine energy. So it's, it's that powerful ability to um, be in touch with the deepest essence of life. So when people have had some kind of spontaneous healing, they very often note, and Deepak Chopra has noted this in his work as well, they very often note that they had some kind of real awakening experience prior to that. And what they awoke to was the power of life itself. 
So let's talk a little bit about what is the power of life itself. Um, life is that essential core energy we live out of. We, when we think about life, we generally think in terms of my life, you know, my, not, not Andrea Matthews' life, your life, my life, the life we have. So I work every day, I see clients, I laugh some, I cry some, I watch these TV shows, Love, Law, and Order, you know, that thing. We're thinking about our lives. So I have sometimes clients come in to see me and they say, I hate my life. And what they're really saying is, I don't like what I've created so far. It's not working for me. And that's the way we typically think of life. We think of life typically in terms of what is happening around me. But that's not life. That's something we've created with our life energy. But that is not life. Life energy is the tree of life. It originated billions of years ago probably in uh, in a metaphorical kind of way uh, that's described as the tree of life when we hear about that story of the Garden of Eden wherein two trees were created, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so the tree of life is that deep thought, that deep awareness of life itself. So what does that mean? That means there's an energy that carries me. My heart keeps beating all the time without me having to tell it to. I keep breathing all the time without having to tell myself to breathe. I'm, um, I'm, my thoughts keep going and going and going. Even when I'm asleep, my dream world is my, my continuing thought process as I'm asleep. Um, everything just keeps going. It's just going and going and going, and that carries itself. I don't have to push it. I don't have to make it happen. It just is. And so that, that energy that creates that beating heart and that, that continuing breathing in and out is life energy. That's what people can get in touch with to heal. And, it, and uh, can they get in touch with that through allopathic care? Sure. Can they get in touch with that by taking a walk down the street? Sure. You can get in touch with that in all kinds of ways. There is no one way that says this is how you will heal and you will not heal any other way. I hear a lot of uh, healers talk about how um, allopathic care is doing this wrong and that wrong and this wrong and that wrong and how they, they just want to keep us sick so they can earn their money and insurance companies want to keep us sick so they can earn their money. And while I don't disagree that there may be some tr- – I do think there may be some truth to that. I, I do think that people can get healing from allopathic care as well. I certainly have, and I think many of you have as well. So um, it, we're not going to say that any one method that or technique that we use is, is uh, any better than any other because it is not the technique that heals us. It is life energy that heals us. And so when we're talking about this whole process of what is, how do we heal What we need to get in touch with is that we heal by being alive, by being deeply, essentially, fully alive. That's how healing takes place. So I've talked to some people who had some spontaneous healings. I have a friend who had a um, uh, difficulty uh, with a... Uh, an IV that went into her arm from some kind of hospitalization and it became very inflamed on her arm and one day she was looking at it and I think she put her hand on it and she saw a blue light going down her arm and the next thing she knew it was healed. Um, How did that happen? 
spontaneously she got in touch with a deeper life force. Um, when, we, when we're talking about that healing process, we're talking about getting in touch with the life force, the life energy itself. I, I read books about uh, people being able to do things like become invisible to other people. There's some of the light worker books talk about people becoming invisible to other people because they have shifted into formlessness for a moment. Um, and that capacity comes from being able to get really deeply in touch with the life energy that is both form and formlessness. I hear people talk about he- healing from cancer, um, so having spontaneous healings and or having healings that take our process over time. But either way, throughout that process, what's happening is if healing takes place, it's because that person, that illness, got in touch with life energy. So when we hear about um, myths like the one where uh, the story of Jesus walking down the street and the woman who had a hemorrhage touched his garment and was healed, what happened was she touched his garment and by doing so, she touched life energy. Now, was that Jesus? Was it the garment or was it her? That's what we don't know. There's a beautiful question asked by um, the disciples of Jesus when he's, uh, when he's out healing, doing his thing. They ask him, well, who sinned, Rabbi? Who sinned? Was it, was it uh, this man or his parents that sinned that he should be born blind? So basically what they're asking him is, what's this man's karma? Did he sin in another life prior to this one? Um, Now, I know that that's not your typical classic understanding of that, but when you consider what they're asking, there's pretty much no other way that could could mean. Uh, If he he sinned before he was born, it must have been another life. (laughs) Uh, So... Um, they're asking him that question, and he's and Jesus answers, "It's neither one of those. His parents didn't sin, and he didn't sin. But he what ha- he got this blindness, so that the divine could be displayed within him. So what that's saying is, our illnesses are but doorways to divine life energy. So he didn't get that, and a lot of people interpret what Jesus's answer was to mean that. Um, he was getting healed so that Jesus could prove his own divinity by healing the man. But that doesn't match with anything else that Jesus did because what Jesus did was go around telling people, don't tell anybody that I did this. Uh, so it doesn't match. And uh, we look, we're looking for congruence when we're looking for how to translate these things and uh, interpret these things. So what, what really happened there is Jesus was explaining that everything... Everything is working toward the same goal, which is to make us fully aware of who we are as divine beings. So this man was blind from birth, and that was his challenge in this life that would help him become more aware of who he is as a divine being. And then Jesus healed him, and he could see after that. Um, Seeing is one of those things that allows us to touch the divine life energy. So if I'm seeing... What is, uh, what is true, then what's happening is I'm, I'm able to, 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 by that very seeing, through my vision, through my spiritual vision, able to see life energy for what it is. So life energy is 
that thing that makes my heart keep beating, that thing that makes me keep breathing, even though I'm not trying to breathe, and even though I'm not trying to make my heart keep beating. It's that. It's that essential core energy of living itself. So what happens when somebody dies? Do they stop having that life energy? And that's what we've typically thought. Well, they just, they don't have that life energy more. Now, what happens is they move into formlessness. So when they move into formlessness, does that mean they are healed of all that they had when they were in this life in form? The answer to that question is, I don't know. I don't know how that goes. I do, I have a sense that there is awakening again to fully, full divine self, which has no illness in it. But then that person may have to come into another life and finish the process started in this one. So, so maybe that's what happened with this guy. He had to finish that process. He had, maybe, you know, in some sense he was living in the physical world that not seeing that we often do in the, in the spiritual world. We don't see. Jesus talked frequently about people who hear, see with, but, but they're blind and they hear, but they don't hear. Um, he talked frequently about that. So, now I'm using Jesus as a primary example here because that's an example that uh, people often cite when it comes to spontaneous healing. They talk about how he had the power to heal other people. But actually, I don't believe that Jesus, by in and of himself, had the power to heal other people. I believe what Jesus did was tap into um, or help that person become aware of life energy themselves. So he touched them. They looked up and saw this uh, um, immense, enormous life energy flooding out of him. And they were thereby healed by what they saw. That's how I believe that went. Now, I could be wrong. I wasn't there. so, Or maybe I was there. Maybe we were all there. But, but the idea is that all healing is self-healing. There is some kind of deep-seated choice we make. Um, and I'm not saying that people choose illness. Okay, I'm not saying that people who don't heal should be able to heal. And if they just would choose it, they'll get better. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that there is a, a, a choice being made within us by divine self that says something about what we're going to get from this particular uh, event in our lives. And sickness is an event. It's, it's one event of many. And, and so what can we get from it? What will it give us? What is the gift we will get from this, this particular event? And uh, if the event stops before it's finished giving us fully what it's supposed to give us, then has it done us any good? No. So maybe it needs to continue until we get fully what it came to give us. And, and so we need, to, in this process of considering what healing actually is and isn't, we have, to, we have to consider the possibility that healing can also mean staying sick. Okay? And by sick, I don't necessarily mean physically sick. I mean also keeping the problem. I mean also having financial problems. I mean also having a series of bad relationships. I mean lots of things. Um, but whatever it is that we're trying to heal, uh, perhaps at some points in our lives when we're begging for the gods to heal us, perhaps the truth is that it's not time yet because we haven't gotten the gift yet. Um, so we, we, a better question than please heal, a better request than please heal me might be, what do I need to be getting from this? What can I get from this? Now, here again, I'm not saying, I want to be really clear, 
um, then I'm not saying that uh, once you get it, there's going to be a spontaneous healing. And I am saying that there's something to be, uh, uh, there's a gift in everything. Um, and I and I and I am not fully aware of what those gifts are. And maybe we don't all become aware of what they are until after we've had a lifetime, and we can look back over it and see what the gift was. But but uh, the idea is that there is no right or wrong here about healing. There's no um, special way to heal, and there's no determination that we should never be sick. Because when we determine that. Then we judge ourselves when we get sick. About two months ago, I, I got a pretty bad case of pneumonia, which I haven't had since I was a wee baby. Um, and I was very sick for about three weeks. Um, but I got a tremendous load of information out of that. And then I got well and it went away. But to be honest with you, I didn't get the full uh, ramifications of what I was getting out of that until after I got well. So I'm not saying that because I got the gift before, uh, because I got the gift, then I got well. I'm saying that whole process was part of a growing experience for me. The sickness, the getting better, and the thinking about it afterward. All of that went together to help me heal on a deeper level. And by healing, I don't necessarily mean that an illness gets healed or financial problems go away or relationships get all better. What I mean is that there is a healing of our blindness that takes place. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about seeing life, seeing, feeling, touching life, that deep down, very certain energy of life, the, the one that keeps our heart beating, the one keeps us breathing in and out without even thinking about it, that life energy is must be seen, and it must be lived into at some point in our um, many many incarnations. At some point, we will we will end up living into that life energy. But that is the point. That is the truest healing. Um, and and when we understand that, when we understand the fullness of life energy itself, then we know that all sicknesses. All financial problems, all relationship problems are just leading us there. They're just leading us to that special place where we understand uh, who we are as life energy. Because at our deepest core essence, we are life energy itself. We are that. It is our makeup. It is our cells. It is our um, uh, quarks and neutrinos and all the things that go beneath our cells. It is the form and the formlessness of who we are. So getting in touch with that deepest essential uh, power of who we are is how we heal, and it is our healing itself. So even if you keep the sickness, but you get that, then you've got what you came here to get. So we're going to talk some more about healing right after this break. Stay tuned for more. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. visionary be extraordinary be the change this is the seventh wave channel on the voice america network you're listening to authentic living with andrea matthews we want to hear from you if you have a question or comment about today's show call in now toll free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Hello, we're back. Most of you know that the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology, but did you know that they have a brand new 2014 curriculum? I think you'll find it very interesting. Not only are they offering a greater variety of programs and more in-depth studies of the courses of studies you choose, but now you can not only get a master's degree, a doctorate, or a ministerial bachelor's degree, but at the doctoral level, they're also offering a PhD in all of their programs now, where once upon a time it was just a THD. Um, and in the Holistic Theology program, you can get a Doctor of Theology degree. You can also get a Doctor of Ministers degree, a D-Men, but that's not even all. The programs themselves have changed as well. Now you can get a degree in Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. And that's still not all. Now we've added even more depth to your education by offering a greater number of courses that start at the introductory level and move all the way to the advanced level. For example, in the Holistic Theology program, you can take Judaism 1, 2, and 3, with each level offering a greater depth of understanding. Or in our Parapsychology program, you can take Psychic Skills 1, 
2, and 3. And those are just a few of the examples. You can get the whole picture by going to www.aiht.edu. Or if you'd like to talk directly to our admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality. Utilizing as your text writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, as well as to become credentialed to bring their own unique gift to the world. So AIHT is changing the world one student at a time. You want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, that's 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And we're talking today about healing. Uh, I want to tell you before I go there that I just got through doing an interview with Peter Tong on his show, Conscious Co-Creation. Um, so I want you to tune into that as well. I'll be talking about uh, the book Inhabiting Heaven Now. It was a great interview. Had a lot of fun talking to Peter. Wonderful person. Uh, he's got a lot of really ingenious ideas of his own about uh, how this world is evolving on the physical plane, ma- matching that with the spiritual plane. So tune into that show. Um, you can see that on Peter T- uh, under the name Peter Tong if you want to look it up on voiceamerica.com, the Seventh Wave Network. Um, and also, as Peter did, I, I'm taking a, a, a little bit from his model today. I want to thank uh, the radio station for having me on, uh, Brandy Jackson, my, my producer, and uh, Matt, the uh, production person today. I really appreciate my work here at Voice America and all of the help you guys have given me to be on this show. So thank you for that. Um, so... I want to talk a little bit more about the healing process. Okay, so what we've said so far is that healing is not uh, necessarily spontaneous. It is not necessarily any one technique. And there are many, many, many techniques, um, all of which can offer healing. But that the vital ingredient that is all about healing is that people touch and and begin to see the life force itself. So what? let's talk a little bit more about what that life force is. Um, if you've been listening to this show very long, you know that I believe in something called a duality trance state in which we are totally hypnotized into believing that we're separate from the divine. It is that trance state that we're walking through to bring awareness to form. So once upon a time, everything was formless and void, and then we created ourselves anew as form. And we've had to ask the question, all right, now we're different from formlessness, so does that mean we're separate from formlessness? And we've been asking and answering that question ever since. So what we did is formulate a theory that we were separate from the divine, and we've tried to live into that to prove it true. And we sort of do and we sort of don't. (laughs) You know, there's lots of arguments that would uh, be in favor of the duality translate and sickness and suffering is one of those arguments that would say to us that, well, you know, obviously we're bad people or we wouldn't be suffering and having these sicknesses down here on planet Earth while the, the, the gods live in their rarefied region and live in total bliss. Um, we, we 
understand life in those terms and only in those terms. We understand life in terms of the good things that happen and the bad things that happen, the good people that we know and the bad people that we know, the good lovers we've had, the bad lovers we've had, and the, the good food we eat and the bad food we eat. It's all divided up that way because that's how we understand life from the perspective of the duality trance state. But from the perspective of divine self, which is the ultimate divine energy, life looks really different. Life looks entirely different. There is no good and no bad. Uh, We can walk through anything and be okay because we are divine self. Um, It's a little bit like that beautiful passage in uh, Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Um, Now, most of the Western world translates that as God is God. The, that's the name it's given. Um, God is with us, but God is not us. <laughs> Jesus, on the other hand, said it differently. He said, do your scriptures not tell you that you are God's? And yes, the scriptures did in Psalm 82. Uh, they said uh, that we are God's. So uh, that's not something you typically hear a sermon being preached on, but that is how we heal. Um, we, we heal because we get in touch with that deep divine self, that deep nature that is life, the tree of life itself, so that we're no longer thinking in dualistic terms. We're thinking in terms of oneness. And even if that only happens for a flash and then goes away, and very often it happens just that way. It hap- we, we get that awareness where we like uh, the light turns on, And we can see it really clearly for just a little bit, and then it turns off, and we can't see it anymore. Now, why does it happen that way? Well, we're here to accomplish something, and it is the duality translate that is enabling us to accomplish that. We are here to ask and answer every question relative to the possibility that form can live separate from its formless creator. And so in the process, we are bringing more and more awareness to form, so that it becomes more and more aware of itself as divine. So the body is very, very important to this process. In, in fact, it is the main part of this process. We, we, uh, we have cast aspersions on the body for centuries. We've said that it was evil, that it, create, it makes us lust, and it makes us um, be, want to drink too much and eat too much, and it makes us... Um, lazy it makes us slothful all the venal sins you know we they're they're there in the body the body is the problem the body gets sick the body dies the body is the problem that's what we've been thinking all along but actually the broad body is the solution the creation of planet earth will not be complete until the body knows itself as divine energy let me say that again The creation of planet Earth will not be complete until the body knows itself as divine energy. So the body has to come to that awareness. And in order for the body to come to that awareness, the mind has to come to that awareness. Because the mind is the thing that's in the way of the body coming to that awareness. Uh, Once upon a time, we knew more about the body in terms of listening to its messages, at least. Maybe we didn't know all the allopathic stuff we know today, but, but we knew in terms of what kind of messages the body could give us. We knew that the body could inform us that somebody who was harmful had just walked in the room. We knew that the body could tell us um, 
of of all kinds of psychic events. We knew that the body could tell us what it needed in terms of which herb, which um, which healing element it needed by its very sickness. We knew those things once upon a time, but those people who knew that and were her were our teachers were killed for knowing that because it scared us to death to believe that the body had power to talk to us. We didn't want to know that. So we killed those people. They were witches. They were heretics. They were bad people. And we killed them. And now a lot of that, uh, a lot of that healing, herbal uh, information, homeopathic, herbal healing, essential oils, all of that has uh, blossomed and grown over the years. But we still don't want to necessarily know that the body is what tells us what it needs to heal. Because we don't want to hear know that the body can really, it's it's not. We don't want to believe it's not just a thing. We don't want to believe that it's not just a thing that we get rid of when we die. It's this. Un, it's this. It's just a. I've heard people say it's just a, 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 a something that carries us. It's like a vehicle. It carries our soul. That's the only purpose it has. Well, no, it's not. That's not the only purpose it has. The purpose it has is to come to a. Awareness of itself as divine energy. And it is when form becomes aware of itself as formlessness, its divine divine creator as formlessness, then what will happen is the entire universe will shift. Because form and formlessness will then be the same thing. Now, the fact is they already are the same thing. We already know that because of what we're beginning to see with regard to quantum physics and how non-local electrons can know what each other is doing and imitate that movement at the same time without any differential in time, though there's a great differential in space. We, we already know that, um, that the, the quarks and the neutrinos and all those other little small formless elements that make up anything are, are formless. We know that they're formless, but they make up the formed. So everything is already formlessness and form we just didn't know it and we're coming to know it but there's a lot of people that are still poo-pooing that particularly in the scientific realm um, even though science is proving more and more and more to be clear and true so uh, the the things that we don't know about the human body are amazing I, I have a doctor friend who said one time that we only know 35 percent of uh, only 35% of the illnesses on the planet are diagnosable. <coughs> Excuse me. That leaves a good, uh, you know, 65% illnesses undiagnosable. So how are we gonna how are we gonna cure those illnesses? What happens when a person gets sick? Is the first thing that happens when a person gets sick most of the time in the Western world is we start looking for the immediate cure. We take aspirin. We take um, some kind of drug, and that's supposed to make us better. And uh, when it, when it, if it works, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I have a tickle in my throat. <clears> throat> Tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and take a break now. And clear my throat, and then we're going to come back. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
Being Outside the Box is your thrival guide to living outside this reality. Are you always waiting for your ship to come in? Do problems happen to you? What if you created your life rather than sitting by waiting? Do you live in the fantasies of this reality? Winning the lottery, waiting for your prince, princess to come, even being healthy? Do you always do what is expected of you rather than choosing for you? What if the rules didn't apply, and what if you could thrive from a different space? Join host Lynn Waldrop for Tools to Being Outside the Box. Listen Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. Are you dealing with a personal loss in your life? It can be just about anything, such as the loss of a partner through death or separation, something significant of value to you, the loss of a pet, or maybe something is missing in your health or wealth. Tune in to Healing from Loss with Brenda B. Host Brenda Blindenbaugh and co-host Monique McDonald are here to help you transform the loss in your life from pain to joy and move forward. Listen live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Much can be learned from the new children who embody a higher vibration and consciousness. However, the world we live in has not always been understanding of the gifts, differences, and awarenesses that they contribute. Listen for Journey with the New Children, Teens, and Adults, presented by Saturn Three Light Flyers. Each week, hosts Michael and Janice Bordway, along with their son and frequent guest host Tristan Bordway, share the discoveries of parenting and being one of the new children. It's an amazing journey. Join us Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back. I want to tell you all about May 18th Super Soul Sunday coming up. I'm really excited about it. Shafali, Dr. Shafali Savari, who's been on our show, um, is going to be interviewed by uh, Oprah on this show between 11 a.m. and 12 p.m., both Eastern and Pacific. So you don't want to miss it. Dr. Shafali Savari is the author of How to Raise a Conscious Child as well as The Conscious Parent, Transforming Ourselves, Empowering Our Children. And Oprah will be talking with her about her revolutionary ideas on raising happier and more conscious children. She believes that traditional methods of parenting and disciplining are broken and that if done consciously, the parenting journey holds the potential to be a spiritually regenerative experience for both parent and child. Listen to this clip now. So what does it mean to be a conscious parent? A conscious parent is not one who seeks to fix her child or seek to produce or create the perfect child. This is not about perfection. The conscious parent understands that this journey has been undertaken. This child has been called forth to raise the parent itself, to show the parent where the parent yet has to grow. This is why we call our children into our lives. 
Wow. You know, on Super Soul Sunday, we use the word conscious uh, and consciousness uh, interchangeably with spiritual. Yes. And interchangeably, I think, consciousness, awareness, spirituality are all the same. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Definitely. As a parent, however, it becomes slightly different because the parent-child relationship, I think, is like none other. It's like none other. Because what other relationship will bring you to the call of your ego like the one you have with your child? I mean, children will trigger us like no one else because they are ours. My child, I will be a parent. I'm going to be the best mother. You know, we enter the journey thinking that our children will fulfill this idealized version of ourselves. And every time they do that, we applaud them. But every time they fall short of that, that's when we get triggered and we get activated. But what our children are really doing is showing us a mirror to our undeveloped self. Yes, 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 yes. I uh, love Dr. S- uh, Shafali Sapari's work. Um, she is really a genius when it comes to helping us understand what parenting is really all about. And this flip in terms of, uh, of parenting is exactly the same kind of paradigm that we're talking about here today. <clears throat> Excuse me, with healing, with regard to um, parenting, it is that are we draw to us the children we need to help us grow, and uh, and we think that we're here to teach them how to be the kind of people we need them to be, but actually it's just the opposite. And I certainly have experienced that with my children, and it and it is also true that our healing we think that our healing is supposed to make us all better, but actually. What's really happening is we're, our, our sicknesses are trying to help us learn what we need to learn to evolve into a higher place. So when we, when we think that we're supposed to not be sick, we're supposed to, you know, if we're sick, there's something wrong. And that's not true. Um, as a matter of fact, it's not true that there's something wrong anytime. There's never anything wrong. And we, but we determine that, that there is, that our, our sicknesses, our illnesses, our problems, our money problems, our relationship problems, our uh, work problems, our anything like that, we think of it in terms of, well, there's something wrong that needs to be fixed. But actually that thing, just like our children, has come to teach us something. That illness that uh, that problem has come to teach us something. So when we're seeking, seeking, seeking for a healing to happen really fast, go take some aspirin, go get an antibiotic. It'll, you'll get better soon. It'll be all right. What we're forgetting is that it came to teach us something. So while I'm not saying you shouldn't take an antibiotic, I'm not saying don't take antibiotics and don't take uh, some uh, aspirin if you need it. What I am saying is that Sometimes we go to the cure without asking ourselves what that illness or that problem came to teach us. And in asking that very, very, very important question, we get the healing. And I'm not talking about the healing of the, the problem or the illness. I'm talking about the healing of our blindness to who we are as divine beings because that is the ultimate healing. The ultimate healing is knowing who we are as divine beings. It is taking us from the place where we believe we're separate from the divine to bringing us to the place where we know who we are as divine beings. We are now married to our divine selves. We are now, we are our divine selves. So that there is no separation anymore. We're not 
living in consciousness or unconsciousness, there's only one. Everything has been integrated into oneness. So everything is, is useful. And if we start living that way now, if, we, if I start living in the paradigm that consciousness and unconsciousness are one, I want you to think about that for a minute. If I start living in the paradigm that consciousness and unconsciousness are one, then what happens is my, my, the fullness of my consciousness expands exponentially. So that now I'm, I'm aware of what goes on in my unconscious, what would have been called my unconscious experience. So my dream world becomes a language I understand. My, my, um, the metaphors in my everyday living, in my conscious experience, become expanded so that I can see them. So we think in terms of the, the, the world being uh, a thing and our dream world being another thing, but actually they are the same thing. One and, and, and understanding, speaking the language of both of them begins to join them. So then there's not an unconscious and a conscious anymore. And I won't say that means everything is conscious either. Now they're one. They just speak the same language. They are, they're in the same room. They don't, they, there's not a separation between them. And that's, that's the, the reason people start telling us to listen to our dreams, write our dreams down, because we begin to speak that language. But, but we don't, but if we think of the dreams as just the language of the dream world and, and we can't ever apply it to our conscious daily living experience, then it, it hasn't transferred. It's not one. Our dreams, very often people dream about an illness and a cure for an illness. But we don't pay attention to that because we're busy with our everyday world because that's just the dream world. That's just a dream. Remember hearing that when you were growing up? You had a nightmare and your parents came in and said, oh, it was just a dream. Don't worry about it. Well, that's a language. That dream is a language. And that language speaks to us all the time. And our lives speak to us all the time in metaphor. So I'm having a problem in a relationship. My life is speaking to me about, uh, about relationship, about what it's like to move into a spiritual dynamic with another human being, about what it's like to really know myself, to really have a relationship with me. As I relate to another human being, my, my, my problems, my illnesses are teaching me something. Okay, so that is the most important thing that we need to get from this, uh, this talk today, that our lives are helping us to become more aware of who we are as, as divine beings. And what they're doing when they do that is they're getting us more and more in touch with life energy itself. So remember at the beginning of the show, I talked about the distinction between my life and life energy. My life is all the things I do in a routine every day, drive to work, see clients, talk to you guys on the radio show, go home, eat supper, that stuff. Uh, my, my, the life energy itself is that deep, essential uh, energy, essence that continues my heart beating and my breath going without me knowing it even when i'm asleep and i can't possibly direct my heart or my breath i keep breathing and my heart keeps beating and i keep thinking i'm thinking in dreams so 
this there's a continuum of life energy that is like a river running through the city that we nobody sees. It's constantly giving energy to the city. Um, it's like the roots of the tree. I've talked about that analogy before where, you know, the, the branches of the tree are blowing in the wind and people carve their initials in the tree and a couple of the branches have fallen off and somebody hung their clothesline to the tree and left a rusty nail in the tree and the tree drew this uh, knot around that rusty nail. All that's happening to the tree. It sounds like a somewhat of a painful life, right? But underground... Where the roots are, none of that is happening. Or if it's happening down there, it's, it's happening in a way that allows the roots of the tree to send that life energy up to the tree to help it so, and to heal it. So, so when we talk about what healing really is all about, what we're talking about is getting in touch with that deep core essential life energy. So people have healed through meditation. People have healed through Reiki. People have healed through uh, herbs, uh, the use of herbs. The, uh, people have healed through the use of essential oils or aromatherapy. People have healed through massage, through um, uh, rolfing, through, uh, um, even through things like uh, acupuncture and um, chiropractic and uh, even allopathic care. People have healed through all kinds of methods. But what they get in touch with when they heal is that deeper life energy. And it is that that is the ultimate healing that we're really looking for. So if my illness, if I keep an illness my entire life, if I'm born with it and I die with it, but it gives me what I came to get, then that illness has served me well. And it, it is a part of the divine plan for me so that I can become greater and more and more aware of who I am as a divine being. So I'm not sure we're always looking for the cure to a physical illness, but, I, I, and I, but I'm not sure we're not either. I think sometimes we have to cure a physical illness in order to become awake. Um, but I also think that it's possible for us to have a illness for a lifetime and to... Um, to work with that illness, to get all of the little juices it has to give us so that we become more aware of who we are as divine beings. I certainly have known people that happen to. I remember reading a book many, many, many years ago about a person who was uh, di- took a dive into, the, uh, into a lake and hit a rock and broke her neck and uh, was in a wheelchair after that. And so... Uh, you know the people in her church and it was a christian church people in her church kept trying to get her to to have more faith and if she just had more faith she'd be healed and um she went through some terrible times even became suicidal because she was a uh, quadriplegic ever after that and um her name was Joni Erickson and she wrote a couple of books actually she became an artist using her mouth um to hold the paintbrush and became an artist but what happened as I read that book inside of me was that I began to understand that uh, looking for the cure is not always looking for the healing. They may be very different things. So when we're when we're when we're looking for the cure, we might be missing the healing, and that's very very important for us to get today. That um, what is it that 
that is going on that really can help us gain that truer healing. So talking about alcoholics and, and drug addicts, uh, very often I've worked with family members and uh, uh, partners and children of people who were drug addicts or alcoholics and they wanted very badly for their family member to get well. And they did all kinds of trying of fixing and all kinds of fixing and all kinds of enabling and all kinds of, you know, tough love and all kinds of things like that to get that person to see and get that person to wake up and see exactly what they were doing to their lives. But that person didn't wake up until it was time for that person to really get the real healing. And when they got it, they really got it and it changed them on a, at a core level. So uh, there is no... Um, definite path to healing that says this is what's going to work um, I'm going to do this and it's going to work and then from then on this person is going to be healed I can lay Reiki hands on someone and perhaps they won't be able to make it through uh, I won't be able to heal them but then again maybe they will um, so when we talk about when we talk about uh being able to get to a place where healing works, we may be missing the point. So I want you to think about that. Think about the possibility that healing is that primary depth healing that says, I've seen the serpent standing on the uh, the bronze serpent now. I know who I am as a divine being. That's the ultimate healing. And anything that gets us there is healing. So... Um, when, we, when we're processing through our experiences of illness, we need to be able to recognize that there's something deeply speaking to us from our bodies. And if we can listen, we can hear and we can be healed. So that's it for today. Um, I am, uh, uh, we're going to close out for today. Next week we're coming back with more. And don't forget to listen to Peter Tong's show today uh, where he interviewed me about Inhabiting Heaven Now. And come back again next week. We're going to have some more uh, from Authentic Living. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.